They're so cute. I just kept laughing. I didn't realize how much Hadley was playing with her own picture in the camera <laughs> during the children's message. Oh, so most Sundays, our scripture texts are part of the revised Common Lectionary, a calendar of scriptures that cycles every three years. And the only exception for us tends to be for our small seed Sundays. Sometimes the texts that are <clears throat> chosen uh, just don't seem to fit with our theme of uh, sharing and focusing on the discipleship of our young ones. And so at the beginning of each year, we go through the calendar and through the lectionary and choose what lessons we'll be using in our Small Seeds and Sprouts Sunday and in the uh, time with our kiddos before that Sunday as well. And so in January, we decided that for this Sunday, since those lectionary texts were a bit more complex, instead we would actually talk about the Ten Commandments. And it was funny, um, right at the end of Emily's reading of the scripture from Exodus, I, you know, paused the recording to ask, do you know what these, these scriptures were? And they all kind of looked at me and I said, this was the Ten Commandments. And you hear this like, oh, oh, that makes sense. Um, we don't always see it in the actual Exodus scriptures itself. We often tend to see them in posters or just the brief list of those Ten Commands from God. And Jesus sums up these ten and the additional 600 given to Israel by Moses in a few short words. When asked, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. And it seems simple enough. The Ten Commandments help us to love God and to love others. And as people of faith, we look to them as guideposts in our calls, as disciples of Jesus ourselves. And for many of us, these aren't always super hard. You know, we don't, might not always keep the Sabbath day, but we try. Um, for us, it's Sundays. For me, it's often Fridays or my Sabbath days. We try to honor our parents and have healthy relationships with them. For many of us, not murdering, not committing adultery, not stealing, not bearing false witness, not coveting, on the surface can sound relatively easy. It's all not doing something. You shall not do this. As commanding as the Ten Commandments are, they're also sort of passive. They're a lot of not doing things versus doing things. That's a passive command. Jesus doesn't call us to a passive discipleship, though. Jesus doesn't call us to follow him passively, to love God and love our neighbor as a not doing of things, as an avoidance of things. Martin Luther, the once Catholic monk who started the Reformation, knew that these commands were meant to be anything but passive. In Luther's small catechism, a small book we use as an introduction to our Lutheran faith in confirmation, in member classes, in our educational sessions, Luther asks the bold question of each of these commandments. What does this mean? And for Luther, each of these commandments, especially the seven do-nots, 
are active commands in our lives. It's not enough to just restrain yourself from murdering, but Luther says that the fifth commandment means that we neither endanger or harm the lives of our neighbors and instead help and support them in all of life's needs. It's, just, it's not enough to just not commit adultery, but Luther says that the sixth commandment means we love and honor our spouse in word and deed. It's not enough to avoid stealing from others, but Luther says the seventh commandment calls us to help our neighbors to improve and protect their property and income. It's not enough to speak only truth about our neighbors in court, but for the eighth commandment, Luther tells us to come to our neighbor's defense, to speak well of them and to interpret everything they do in the best possible light. And for the ninth and 10th commandments, it's not enough that we don't covet, that we don't want or live into the jealousy of what our neighbor has in their lives, but instead be of help and service to them, to urge them to fulfill their responsibilities and to support our neighbors. And in our world today, with so much going on, many of us are struggling with crisis fatigue. From dealing with a global pandemic and stay-at-home orders, to the call for justice for our neighbors of color, to even this week seeing federal protections against discrimination in healthcare based on sexual orientation or gender identity rolled back, or even this weekend learning that one of my favorite hymn writers has been accused of serious sexual assault allegations. Each day as I see the news, as I see coronavirus cases rising in our country, as I listen to the voices of Black and Indigenous people of color, as I read stories from our transgender siblings of discrimination that they face even when there was protections, as I realize that because of my own identity, that sexual orientation could mean that in certain parts of our country, I could be discriminated against with little recourse. Each day as we are bombarded with the ongoing failures in our country to love God and love our neighbor, I certainly find myself wanting to hide away with my family and my goats and just let someone else be the ones to act. It is easier to follow the Ten Commandments on their surface. It's easier to stop ourselves from doing things that we have been taught are against God's call to us since we were little. But Jesus doesn't call us to a passive discipleship. Jesus doesn't call us to follow him passively, to love God and our neighbor passively. Jesus calls us to an active love, a love of action for God and for others. Luther gives us a template at how these passive do-nots become active when he says, but instead we are too. And it's not enough, especially right now. It's not enough for us to see the news of increasing coronavirus, coronavirus cases in our country and just lift up prayers for those affected. Instead, we are to love our neighbor by working to protect one another, to support one another in whatever way we might be able to do so. Maybe that's donating food for the fish food pantry. Maybe it's making masks for those who need them. Maybe it's tipping the restaurant staff who prepares your takeout dinner a bit extra so they can make their ends meet. Maybe it's being aware of how your mask and your physical distance from others at the grocery store can protect yourself, but those around you. It's not enough for us to be passive anymore. We are called to action. 
it's not enough for us to just say that, of course, Black Lives Matter, as we see the videos, the articles, the shared experiences of our neighbors of color who are treated regularly as if their lives have less value because of the color of their skin. It's not enough for us to shake our heads at disappointment and protections being lost for those in the LGBTQ plus community. Instead, we are to love our neighbor, to work for their health and safety, to help and support our neighbors in all of life's needs. Instead, we are to celebrate our differences, the beautiful, diverse humanity that God created in God's image. And maybe that's donating to organizations that work for equity and equality in our country. Maybe it's in educating ourselves on the issues of systemic racism and homophobia through books and videos and articles. Maybe it's in confronting someone who is making statements that devalue the life of another person in a joke, a passing comment, or an entire conversation. Maybe it's in lifting up the voices of Black and Indigenous people of color, of those who are part of the LGBTQ community, of those in groups who are marginalized and silenced over and over again. Lifting up voices and listening to voices that are different from our own. It's not enough for us to be passive. Jesus calls us to action. We are called to action as people of faith, as followers of Jesus. We are called to action, and at the same time, we are tired. The undercurrent of anxiety and stress living in a pandemic world for three months wears on us. The regular heartbreak of injustice that seems to be unstoppable erodes our energy and our confidence in our own actions. And we are called to action, but we're not acting alone. In the gospel text, the lectionary assigned for today, in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus sends his disciples to act in the world, to heal, to cure, to love God, and to love their neighbor. And he gives them a lot of caveats of how difficult and uncomfortable that will be. The introduction to the text comes from chapter 9, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. We are sent into action by the Lord. We are sent by the one who goes to the cross for each and every one of us out of love and compassion for you and for me, for the harassed and the helpless. Jesus suffers the injustice of this world for us so that we might have the passion and the courage to work for God's justice. Jesus dies for us so that we might have the energy and the drive to proclaim the good news of his kingdom, of his love, of his grace for you and for me. And Jesus rises from the dead for us to empower us to see that the limitations of this world of sin, of brokenness, of injustice, that none of these will win the day. Jesus does all of this for us, for the world, so that we as people of faith, as followers of Jesus, can be more than passive disciples, simply avoiding the things we know we should not do. Instead, we are to be laborers for God's active love in the world. And God's love for us is always more than enough. Amen.